Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. I want to invite you to support a very special Kickstarter, 1982, Greatest Geek Year Ever, from producers Mark A. Altman, Roger Lay, and Thomas Vitale. 1982, Greatest Geek Year Ever. You're probably asking why. Well, I got Darren Docterman here with me to tell us about some of the great films. Now, I want you to guess some of the films that came out that year. I'm going to give you a, give you a hint. Still, old friends. Uh, Tron. No. God, <laughs> that was one of the films. Oh. But that's not the one I'm talking about. Okay. You managed to kill just about everyone else. But like a poor marksman, you keep on missing the target. Uh, Conan the Barbarian. No, that also came out that same year. Oh, God, you've never listened to me before, Crom. Uh, okay. Okay. You're making this really, really difficult. I don't have any quotes from Time Rider, The uh, Adventures of Lyle Swan. What about this? Um, you're not a replicant. Oh. Hmm. I came across what? a turtle on a road. You turned it over. Okay. Uh, that's the thing. No! It's Blade <laughs> Runner. Oh, Gosh, that right. also came out in 92. But the thing did come out in 1982. And as we all learned, man is the warmest place to hide. <laughs> hey, have you ever wondered what it's like to put out fire with gasoline? I have not. Do you know what movie that's from? The great David Bowie sang the song. Oh, it's... Uh, I have no idea. Cat People. Oh, Cat People, right. Cat People, Paul Schrader's remake of Cat People. 1982. Exactly. And, and, and John Hurd and Malcolm McDowell, who fans of this podcast may know, played Sauron. Sauron? You mean Soren? Yeah, that's who I mean. <laughs> he played Sauron, the Lord of the okay, Rings. Let me, okay, <laughs> you, you, you know. Okay, let me, let, me, let me try a few more because you're not doing very good at this. Okay, this house has many hearts. Oh, that's, uh, that has to be Star Trek too. No! <laughs> Poltergeist! God! I thought you were a Trexpert. Well, I There's am. There's no line like that in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I, I'm pretty sure there is. It's, it's, when, the, it's when Savick comes out of the uh, turbo lift and says, this house is clean. Okay, I got, I got one last <laughs> one because I don't, I don't have anything from the Atomic Cafe or, or Missing. Oh, I or, have something or, from the Atomic Cafe. Duck and yeah. Cover. Duck and Cover. That's true. Very good. That also came in 1982. And I'm going to give you one last thing. Okay. Okay. Silver Shamrock. Silver Shamrock. Oh, E.T., uh, e. the extraterrestrial. Oh, it's Halloween <laughs> 3, season of the witch. Oh, my God. Gertie could do better at this than you can. This no, is terrible. I, this is, Mark, I'm, this I'm pulling your leg. I, I knew all of these. I just wanted to have a little bit of fun. Because all of these movies came out in 1982. The greatest geek year ever. Indeed, they did. And if you want to learn all the is learnable. Know all that is knowable in 1982 and have a great time doing it. Check out our documentary on Kickstarter starting June 4th, the anniversary of Star Trek II and Poltergeist release through the end of June and support this Kickstarter. I hope you'll join me in making this really special documentary. I fell in love with the movies in 1982. I want to celebrate it and I hope you'll help us do that by supporting 1982 Greatest Geek Year Ever with an exclusive logo from Mike Akuda. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller, and Steven Scarlatta, where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2, Johnny Quest, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, and Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're a fan of Inglorious Trexperts, you're going to love 
Trexpert's Briefing Room, a Trexpert's new series. Trexpert's Briefing Room? What is that? I was about to explain, then you interrupted oh, me. I, it I'm is, sorry. It's curated audio commentaries of classic Star Trek episodes from the original series all the way through Enterprise. You're going to love it as we explore the behind-the-scenes making of all these wonderful Star Trek episodes with cast and crew that you would never expect to hear doing audio commentaries on Star Trek. Sounds like fun. It will be. And you <laughs> can find it on the Inglorious Trexperts podcast feed and on the new Trexperts Briefing podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's go see what's out there. Mark A. Altman, and this is the 430 movie. Welcome to New York, New York Week. Some folks like to get away, take a holiday from the neighborhood. Hop a flight to Miami Beach or to Hollywood But I'm taking a Greyhound on the Hudson River line I'm in a New York state of mind It's a toddler town and I got our 430 movie hosts who are Making it in the big city, they're uh, they're they're back. They got their picks for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Of course, on Monday, it's none other than taxi driver Steve Melching. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Meanwhile, you're oh. talking about <laughs> <laughs> on Tuesday, driving the bus downtown. It's Darren Docterman. Broadway rhythm, it's got me. Everybody dance. Okay, maybe not everybody. <laughs> and on Wednesday, it's the zookeeper, Mr. Ashley Edward Miller. Have you ever picked your feet in Poughkeepsie? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, have you? <laughs> well, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever dressed up like Santa Claus and chased people around the city just for fun? Just for kicks? In the French Connection. <laughs> Gosh. He's got like, <laughs> he's got like a bullet. He's got a gun with one bullet in it. Yeah. yeah. Not allowed to put the bullet into the gun. I, I love it. Well, you know, there's a reputation of New Yorkers living life on the edge, taking risks. And so today I've, I've written down what I think will be your picks on a piece of paper, all three of you. And we'll see. Well, I'm setting myself up for complete failure, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I have them written down and it'll be interesting to see if I get one right, if I get two right, or I get three right, or get none right. Very possible, we'll find out. Fascinating for me at least. So First, first uh, prize is an all expense paid cruise to Mexico. You wanna see second prize? Second prize is set of steak knives. <laughs> well, you know, is you're fired. 
it's it's uh it's interesting because of course uh new york uh, continues to captivate us it's an incredible metropolitan city some such as myself will call it the greatest city in the world uh it has been the subject of many movies and and uh television shows uh obviously i grew up there i spent most of my life there you're gonna die there you know and uh and of course darren lived there for uh for a while as well oh, 11 years yeah for, you know, so I, I consider he got the New York blood in him. He got the New York blood. Something like that. A little transfusion. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. A tie pen will get it out of your shirt. <laughs> it, it, but you, it, you guys. It gave, me, it gave me enough so that I feel 11 alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, look, this was the home of the 430 movie. That's WABC right. um, <laughs> aired the 430 movie. At 4.30, Monday through Fridays, uh, it was uh, something, uh, you know, all of us in New York at a, of a certain age grew up on. It was, and uh, it inspired this very podcast. It was quite the thing to see. Indeed, <laughs> indeed it was. Indeed it was. And we're trying to honor the memory of, of, of the 4.30 movie every week on, on the show. But, hey, Steve, tell me about what it was like for you the first time you came to New York City and, uh, and saw... Um, so this, uh, because of course you moved around a lot as a, as a kid, you lived in many places, uh, including Hawaii. And, uh, what, what was it like when you, when you came to New York? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I was, I think 20 years old the first time I went to New York city. So I really only knew the city from movies, which is going to make this an interesting week. Uh, you know, my picks are picks as a kind of an outsider, to the New York experience and yours and Darren's will be probably more reflective of a, uh, you know, a native or a, someone who, who knows the city well. But uh, I, I just, I took a day trip with uh, some friends into the city in the summer of 1988. And the only things I really remember from that trip was, you know, just the overwhelming size of the city and the, and the buildings and everything. And uh, we, uh, we went and saw the, uh, looked at the uh, Dana Barrett apartment building from Ghostbusters which was very exciting, and uh, and then we went to the um, the uh, uh, the um, Ed Sullivan Theater, which at the time was the home to the David Letterman program, and uh, paid a visit to uh, a couple of the shops neighboring next door because Dave used to always send his camera out to visit the uh, the shopkeepers, and we went to the souvenir shop and I uh, got my picture taken with uh, it was either Sarah Jewel or Muji Burr. I don't know which one it was, but. <laughs> One of those guys that was on the show. So, uh, and it wasn't until many years later that I spent any time in the city. I think my next trip was about 10, 12 years later. I helped a friend move to New York City and, and spent a few days uh, in the city. And, and that was the one time I got to visit the World Trade Center and uh, go up to the top of that and, uh, and uh, the Empire State. And, uh, and then it was uh, probably another 10 years or more until I came back for uh, New York Comic Con and, and spent more significant time there and went to the museums and whatnot. So I, I don't think I've spent more than two weeks total <laughs> in New York City. Wow. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny because I, I never realized that because we spent a lot of time in, you know, New York Comic Con. We went to that Saturday Night Live exhibit, you know, and yeah. stuff. And you know, I never realized that, like, you spent so little time there, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. What about you, Ashley? When did you first uh, uh, arrive in Manhattan? You know, I believe my first trip to Manhattan um, was my senior year of college. Uh, I was there for a, because I'm a 
fucking nerd. Um, I was there for uh, for the national model United Nations. And, uh, you know, uh, look, because I felt the best diplomacy involved alcohol, um, I, I immediately found a, a nearby bar, a watering hole. And then to my chagrin, realized that I was late for General Assembly. So I ran outside, I hailed a cab. Somehow I got one, the cabbie pulled up. Where are you going? The United Nations. He looks back at me and he, said, he says, when do you need to be there? I said, seven o'clock. He says, hold on. <laughs> and there I am sitting in the back of this cab, no seatbelt. And it's just like, <laughs> it was like, it was the best like amusement park ride I'd ever been on in my entire life. I mean, I don't know that he opened the door so much as I flew through the front windshield to get out of the car. Um, so that was, that was my introduction <laughs> to, uh, to New York. It was, it was fantastic. It was an adventure. It involved alcohol and like crazy driving. And uh, unfortunately, Ernest Borgnine wasn't the driver. I wish he had been. <laughs> well, what, what's so amazing about New York and why I think it's the subject of so many films or the backdrop for so many films is, 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 the diversity of the city. I mean, you on one hand, you have, you know, the Upper East Side, the Upper West Side, you know, the, the life of the very rich that we saw like in the, the 30s, you know, the doorman buildings and the museums and Lincoln Center and, and the, you know, the, the hoi polloi, you know, and then you also have, you know, the dark seedy underbelly in movies like Taxi Driver. So it's so interesting, you know, the dichotomy. New York has it all, you know, has the zoo and yet it has this huge nature preserve, you know, was Central Park in the middle of these towering skyscrapers. And um, you have this, you know, this amazing skyline and each of the boroughs is so different, you know, as well. Staten Island is as different from Manhattan, you know, as, uh, as you know, a, you know a, a city halfway across the world. And, uh, you know, Brooklyn obviously is very different from the Bronx. And um, it's just a, a remarkable, remarkable place. And the subject of very remarkable movies, which is why we're devoting in a week here at the 430 movie uh, to films uh, featuring New York City. So I think without any further ado, let's do what we do, which is curate a fantasy theme week of movies spotlighting New York City, starting as always Monday with Steve Melching. Well, yeah, it seems, uh, you know, reviewing the list of just dozens of great movies that are, that are set in New York City, they, they often tend to fall into two categories. They're sort of the, the real gritty, you know, sort of dark, violent, uh, you know, underbelly of New York City. And then there's the more romanticized, uh, greatest city in the world kind of, uh, kind of movies. And I don't seem to be a whole lot that fall in the middle. <laughs> a lot of them seem to be one or the other. Uh, my pick is a movie that uh, I saw when I was in film school that made an immediate, very strong impression and has stuck with me ever since. And uh, it's already been mentioned at least twice so far uh, on this broadcast. I'm talking about Martin Scorsese's 1976 Taxi Driver. So what do you want to hack for, Pickle? I can't sleep nights. There's porn out there just for that. Yeah, I know I tried that. So what do you do now? Uh, ride around nights mostly, subways, 
buses. Figure, you know, I'm gonna do that, I might as well get paid for it. Travis, you run all over town, don't you? Uh, I mean, you handle some pretty rough customers, huh? Yeah. You carry a piece? No. You need one? No. 12 hours of work and we still can't sleep. Damn. Days go on and on. We don't end. Things got you down? Yeah, it got me real down. Real. I just want to go out. I really... You know, I really want to... I got some bad ideas in my head. I just... Why won't you talk to me? Why don't you answer my calls when I call you? You think I don't know you're here? Let's not have any trouble. You think trouble. I don't know? You think I don't know? Would you please leave? Get your hands off. Okay, then leave. Okay. okay. I want you to know that I know. Let's not have any trouble. Please, just leave. The idea had been growing in my brain for some time. True force. All the king's men cannot put it back together again. Mm. Which I... I was so blown away, no pun intended, uh, by this movie when it came out. Uh, of course, directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Paul Schrader, uh, edited uh, by uh, uh, Tom Rolfe, uh, Melvin Shapiro, and Marsha Lucas. A great uh, uh, Oscar-winning score, or an Oscar-nominated score by uh, Bernard Herrmann, who was his last film score before he died. Uh, director of photography, uh, Actually, Michael. It's, it's Alive 2 was. Ah, it's also alive. <laughs> well, but, that, but that's well. okay. He wants. As we well. want to remember him for Taxi Driver. <laughs> we want to print the legend. Print the legend. Yeah, okay. It was Taxi Driver. Uh, Mike, <laughs> Michael Chaplin is um, amazing. Very naturalistic cinematography, and of course, starring Robert De Niro, Jodie Foster, Albert Brooks, Sybil Shepherd, Harvey Keitel, Peter Boyle. Uh, it won the Palme d'Or. Uh, that year, I was nominated for several Academy Awards, including uh, Best uh, Picture, uh, Best Actor for De Niro, and Best Supporting Actress for Jodie Foster. And this movie really cast a spell, uh, I think. It's that combination of that sort of dreamlike imagery and the, the Herman score and the, the uh, voiceover a narration by De Niro. Uh, and uh, that was all purposeful. Scorsese said he was trying to create a sort of a dreamlike state uh in the film and um and that leads to the the great some would say ambiguous ending to the movie that's the, the subject of some debate was the ending of that film real reality or was it a dream some kind of dream state or 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 spoiler alert dying state as uh, as travis bickle de niro's character as the life uh, bleeds out of him what uh, at the end of the movie I, I like the more poetic lyrical idea that there's that it's sort of a dream state. Uh, Scorsese came out uh, not too long ago and said that he doesn't consider it a dream. He considers the end of that movie could hook up to the beginning of the movie and it could form a loop, an endless loop, uh, sort of a dreamlike state. That's that's very interesting. But I, I just I just find the performances in that movie across the board are just terrific. It's got such a great look to it. I mean, I had never been to New York when the first time I saw this movie. So like I got a lot of my impression 
of the city from this movie, which was filmed in a at a time in the city. Uh, I have since read it was a very a dark, grim time for the city in terms of uh, of you know the the condition of Manhattan and and uh, and the, the crime and 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 there's a I think there was a garbage strike that summer mm-hmm. uh, when it was filmed. Um, but I, I I don't know. I just it's one of those movies that just creates an indelible impression and just really sticks with you. Well, I can see and the, why and the you city, love- it just the city just permeates it. I mean, it's. It couldn't take place anywhere else but New York City. I can see why you would love Taxi Driver. I personally prefer DC Cab when it comes to <laughs> taxi movies. But should we, um, should we do Taxi Cab <laughs> Confessions Week? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's 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 you know obviously a masterpiece, and I I don't throw that word around lightly. Uh, it's a terrific movie, and you know for, for I'm sure for Darren as well. It really evokes memories of a New York long lost. And I'm not particularly nostalgic for that era because, you know, people talk about the Disneyfication of Times Square, but it is a snapshot of what I remember New York being like growing up. But as I remember, is, it's, it's smack in the middle of the uh, A-beam uh, mayoral regime, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep, yep. Sort of a, uh, you know, to, to quote uh, uh, the great uh, George W. Bush, the senior, um, a malaise. Of uh, of problems uh, in, in the city, um, well, it definitely makes you feel like you're you're kind of taking your life in your hands a little bit by going into that New York City. Well, that's what it's I just about taxi drivers. Yeah, mine wasn't even a crazy vigilante. <laughs> as far as you know, as far as I know, and, and I always wondered if the uh, the the presidential candidate Palantine, if George Lucas took that name and did that little twist on it when he wrote Star Wars and named uh, Emperor Palpatine after uh, Senator Palantine. Oh, that's funny. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, him and Scorsese and that whole group were very good friends, yeah. so it's not inconceivable. And his um, wife, wife being the supervising editor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's very, that's very interesting. I have to say that there was a wonderful book and subsequently a, a miniseries for ESPN, of all things, about that era in New York of uh, 1976 and 77, the bicentennial, you know, the A-beam era, when you, called The Bronx's Burning. And it was set against the backdrop of the Yankees pennant run and Reggie Jackson. But at the same time, you had Son of Sam and you had the whole Gerald Ford basically saying to New York, drop dead, you know, as New York was going into insolvency. It's a really interesting time for New York because you look at New York now, you know, it it has the GNP of, uh, you know, a small country. Well, a big country, actually. And, and, you know, then it was on the verge of, you know, bankruptcy and falling apart. And there was the garbage strike and. You know, talk about shithole countries. I mean, New York was, you know, just wash and garbage and rats and porno theaters. And, and it was just. Um, it was like uh, LA was without sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> and, when, and when you look, you know, look at New York now, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to recognize that New York of the 70s. But I really love that, um, that, that Bronx is Burning miniseries. It was really good. And, it, you know, um, it's a great performance. I forget who played Reggie Jackson, but, um, and the book is even better, um, but it really does a great job because I know Spike Lee did a movie called Son of Sam also, right. which, you know, sort of said in that era, which isn't as good. I'm a big Spike Lee fan, but I don't love that movie. Not to be but, confused um, with I Am Sam. Right. Yes. Or I Am Son of Sam, which would have been amazing. <laughs> but, 
yeah, taxi driver is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's it, you know, uh, it was a great pick. I have to say, Steve, I'm zero for tries one. To take custody of his daughter. Sorry, my, my, uh, I'm just, I'm riffing now. My bad. Uh, my, my pick for Steve was, I was completely wrong. Midnight Cowboy. Oh, uh, well, I, Cowboy. I, had, I had already picked Midnight Cowboy uh, in another show, another episode, but that is also one of my favorite New York. But what am I going to wear when I want to play Cowboy? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my other pick for Steve. I'm walking the, the here. Muppets, I'm walking here. The, the Muppets take Manhattan would have been a legitimate pick. <laughs> yes. Um, Maybe it's okay. something else this morning. Ashley, are you a fan of Taxi Driver? I am a fan of Taxi Driver. The movie? Yes. Okay. Both of them, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm only halfway kidding about Taxi Cab <laughs> Confession Week. I mean, of course, we're going to probably end up talking about a lot of those, but. I got to tell you, how about the Muppets taxi driver? Can you imagine Kermit as Travis Pickle? How great would that be? Well, the right. thing is, Fozzie would, would be. Fozzie. It'd be Fozzie. Yeah, yeah Fozzie would be Travis Pickle. So who would be Jodie Foster? Miss Piggy. No. Or, or um, uh, Miss Piggy would be Sybil Shepherd. No, Prairie Dawn. Prairie Dawn. Prairie Dawn. That's who I It would be Prairie Dawn as Jodie Foster, and Sybil Shepherd would be Miss Piggy. Or yeah, Kermit, Kermit would be Albert Brooks. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. It's all coming together. <laughs> Today, we're recording this on Frank Oz's birthday. How perfect. Let's call him right now. Someday a real rain will come. Come <laughs> up the streets. Ah. <laughs> no, no, you talking to me? We don't get you talking to me? No. <laughs> Waka waka. <laughs> oh, I mean, I would pay real money to see that. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Okay, so Steve's pick is the uh, Martin Scorsese's brilliant uh, taxi driver as um, Monday. So that brings us to Tuesday and Darren Dockerman. Darren, I hope I'm I'm right because um, I'm 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 zero for one on these on these so far. So uh, tell us what your pick is. My pick today is intended to be completely unpredictable. Uh, because this is one that uh, I thought Steve might have picked too. He didn't. Um, but I'm just going to preface this by saying that New York has always been sort of a, a sparkling beacon for those who want to make it. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. As the song goes. Um, but uh, it's also been the sort of mecca for um, stage productions in the United States. And uh, Broadway uh, uh, stretches far and wide in its uh, reputation as uh, the, uh, you know, cultural center of New York. And thus, a small troupe of actors made their way to New York City and they struggled to make it in that tough city and it was in 1984 that the Muppets take Manhattan. Oh, I, I'm Kermit. I, I'm a frog. 
he was green and unknown. She was young and innocent. Together, they came to make it big. You hear that, New York? We're going to be on Broadway. Theirs is a story of impossible dreams, determination, persistence, and sheer animal magnetism. Hey, yes, we are, and I just flew in from the coast. Listen, I got an appointment with uh, with your top theater agent here. Say, listen, Lenny, my private plane's double parked outside, so I got to run, but I got this Bopo Sacco script. You think I'm pretty? Of course you are. You're more than pretty. Gorgeous. Don't push it, pig. Rats. Hey, how's the coffee? Come on in. And more rats. Fellas, you're going to be on Broadway. All I need from you is $300. $300? A piece. That's him. I keep you my life savings. Get back. Please don't hurt her. Take me. Whatever you say, pal. Romance. Humiliation. Baby. Where are you going, sweetheart? High hopes. Remember what you promised about getting married? Low blows. Oh, the sounds of love. Oink, oink. Revenge. And finally, do you, Froggy, take this pig to be a lawful wedded wife? Find out if they really make it when the Muppets take Manhattan. The Muppets, the way you've never seen them before. <laughs> Sorry, I stepped on your <laughs> on your pick. I, I, just, I didn't see it coming. Well, really? which is, which is why know, I had to give a big intro to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what my pick for you was? What? We can't see anything. Can carry that. Oh, oh the, the apartment. apartment. I would have yeah. picked the apartment, but we've already done it. Oh, We've already oh. talked about it many times. That's how well I know you. <laughs> I love the apartment. And I would love to okay. see a Muppet it's version a of the apartment. apartment. And it's rent control. Oh, That's the crazy how part. Great. Okay, so Fred McMurray would be in the apartment. Fred McMurray be... is is uh, Sam the Eagle. Oh, but totally, totally. Okay, <laughs> Sam the Eagle is Fred McMurray. So then Jack Lemon would Kermit be... Kermit is Jack Lemon. Kermit, yeah. Okay, and Shirley MacLaine is, is going to be Miss Piggy, absolutely. Um, okay, I can see that. It, it, I can it, see that. It writes itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Bunsen Honeydew is Billy Wilder. Sure. No? <laughs> Okay, well, that's another movie for, for that's the... That's another the, movie. Uh, but that, this is yeah. actually the Muppet version of the Muppets Take Manhattan. So we, <laughs> we, got, a, we got a double score on this one. Um, it's, uh, of course, uh, directed solely by Frank Oz, whose birthday is today. And uh, it is, it's sort of a prequel, I would think, um, in a strange way to uh, the Muppet movie. The Muppet movie, of course... Uh, you are the chosen one. <laughs> the Muppet movie, of course, has them trying to make it in Hollywood, you know, uh, on the West Coast. Um, so this is sort of a remake, actually, because it, the story covers them graduating college. I didn't know there was a Muppet college. Um, and uh, they're all, you know, they, they are an, an acting troupe and they're trying to uh, uh, put on their Broadway show, and they're trying to find a producer who will uh, who will take them up on it. And through uh, a bunch of uh, misadventures and failures, they split up uh, and go their separate ways. And during the course of the film, uh, they all come back together and finally, uh, well, I won't spoil it, but there's a big number at the end. Anyway, uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's technically more advanced. Than the uh, the lovely things that we saw in the Muppet movie, and, and the uh, Great Muppet Caper, and and better than the Great Muppet Caper. Yes, yes. Uh, there's no capers in this one. Uh, 
<laughs> whether they are uh, uh, plot devised or the little vegetable things. Um, but uh, that's a rat turd. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it has some uh, fun uh, uh, guest stars in it showing up in little bit parts. Uh, I'm not going to go through them all. Just watch it. Just watch it. Uh, I think it's up on Disney Plus. Is it? I believe it is. I don't know. Um, But uh, if it isn't, write your congressman. (laughs) Uh, But it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And if you like the Muppets, you'll like this. Uh, What kind of sick mind doesn't like the Muppets? Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So the Muppets are great. Sure. And they took Manhattan for crying out loud. Okay. You know, I, 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 I may Kermit, there are certain areas of Manhattan you should not invade. <laughs> you know, brace, maybe you bra- do- brace yourselves for a shocking admission. No, you don't. You've like never it. seen it. I've never seen all of the Muppets take that. Oh, but you're the possible. You're the 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 most Muppety fan I've ever known. I know. Yeah. I love the Muppets, and somehow, I, and I love the first movie, the Muppet movie. I love yeah. it dearly. Somehow, I have never seen all of uh, Muppets Take Manhattan or the Great Muppet Caper. You just hate New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it scares me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Steve, that is a powerful admission. Wow, I, I'm I'm in shock. I I, I hope I didn't. I, uh, I hope I didn't trigger you with this pick. <laughs> Now I got to go check Disney Plus and see if it's on there, so I can rectify this horrible oversight. It is. You, you should do a double feature of uh, Muppets Take Manhattan and the taking of Pelham One Two Three. <laughs> Just a, a total taking. Everybody's taking. <laughs> Nobody's giving, but they're taking. And this New York, the, the Muppet Muppets version of one, the Muppets Pelham, one, taking two, three. Pelham One Two Three. The Muppets take Pelham One Two Three. Oh my God. Okay, I'm sorry, but the the Muppets. Oh my God, the Muppets taking of Pelham One Two Three. We got to do this. Okay. Although, Walter you know Matthau. That's easy. Kermit, of course, right? Yeah. 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 Maybe. So Robert, Robert Shaw, that's it's, hard. It's that's hard. No, yeah. no. Robert Shaw. No, not Fozzie. If no. anything, he's Walter Matthau. Yeah. So, so, so who is Robert Shaw? Gonzo. Yeah. Maybe Gonzo. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're good. You. That's good. <laughs> Although he's that's got the good. nose. So maybe Gonzo should be, uh. Walter, well, that's true. Nah, I, uh, you know, but I don't think there's a, somebody got to, you got to have the darkness of, but in, and the yeah, intelligence like, because he could, he was always coming up with the plans, Gonzo, and <laughs> launching himself out of cannons. So you could see him conceiving the plot you know to take that's over true. the subway. That's true. And I think in that case, then I think Kermit really should be Walter Matthau because I would believe that Kermit's objective during the entire movie would be to just fucking go home. Yes. <laughs> Because that's really what Walter Matthau wants through the entire movie is he just wants to go home. Here's here's yeah. a little here's a little note that I just saw the other day. I saw a little uh, segment. I think it was the whole thing. Um, it was a Muppet parody of The Godfather called The Frog Father, hmm. and it was terrible. Oh, well, that's too bad. And I was well, extremely disappointed. Um, I don't know if it has to do with who did it. I have no idea. It does. I was very disappointed because it just wasn't funny at all. No, because you know what? That doesn't lend itself to much. You got to do Muppet Day Afternoon. That would work <laughs> yeah. because then you have the you got you got Kermit 
and and Fozzie Bear yelling Attica, Attica, and you know, because basically you got Kermit as as as, as Al Pacino, and then as the great John Cazale, you got Fozzie. Yeah, totally see that, right? That you know, and that that's like diverse. It's it's today. It's very of the moment. Now, now, you if, know? They, if they'd done Muppet Godfather two, then you could have Fozzie as John Cazale. Why didn't we oh, do this yeah. before? so so it's really you know it just you can't just draw titles yeah you gotta understand the you gotta understand how the magic works that's right (laughs) you know you you gotta understand the magic exactly it's not just like oh that'd be funny because a lot of boys wouldn't work with the muppets godfather is just it's it's not funny you don't cast kermit as don corleone no, no. You cast because Kermit as uh, as the Undertaker. You cast Fozzie <laughs> as Don Corleone because he's already got the chubby cheeks. Because if it bends, it breaks. <laughs> right. If it bends, it's funny. If it it's not funny. <laughs> and I'm just saying, it's not the Godfather. It doesn't work with those characters. Yeah. You know, because who's Talia Shire? You know, it's like who's Jimmy Kahn? Doesn't work. It's not meant to be. Well, Gonzo no. is Jimmy Kahn, but that's okay. Yeah. No. It's still not meant to be. I, I, the toll booth? Would you do that to poor Gonzo? Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, he's been through worse. He's been after shot out shot, of a cannon for crying after, out loud. After, after he's shot up, he, gets, <laughs> he jumps back up. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh so. Okay. I didn't, so I didn't mean to turn it into. Muppet Day afternoon. No, but that's a great pick. It's a great pick, and we appreciate it. And it has and, Manhattan uh, in the title. And I really thought you were going to go. It's funny, and you 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 misled me because when you were doing your whole intro, I thought you were doing all that jazz of Forty Second Street. Yeah, so sure. So I'm I I'm totally did that you. to throw you off. <laughs> but you did. You threw me off the trail. What did you so, think he was going to pick? He well, said the apartment. Pick, I I thought he was going to pick the apartment. Oh, that's right. But, okay. But then, then I thought, oh, um, he's not picking the apartment. He's picking 42nd Street. And then I realized, oh, no, it's going to be all that jazz. And then I realized, no, I know nothing. But <laughs> now we're now, now we're on Ashley, Wednesday. And I still got one chance. <laughs> so, uh, so Ashley, Wednesday, anything can happen day. That's right. Yeah. It's a, you know What's what? it going to be? What's on Wednesdays, we wear pink. <sighs> Wednesday. What can I say? about what happens on Wednesday, what we see on Wednesday, other than to say, these are the armies of the night. They are 100,000 strong. They outnumber the cops five to one. They could run New York City. (laughs) But tonight, they are all out to get the Warriors. These are the armies of the night. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? The Furies. The Boppers. The Hi-Hats. The Lizzies. The Turnbull ACs. The Gramercy Riffs. Riffs! These are the Warriors. We know about the Warriors. They're a heavy outfit. They're from Coney Island. Warriors? You guys are the big dudes, huh? Now, they're in the Bronx. We're going back. 
27 miles behind enemy lines. It's the only choice we got. Between them and safety stand 20,000 cops <laughs> and 100,000 sworn enemies. I want them all. I want all the warriors. got one way out. They've got one chance. They've got one night. The Warriors. Walter Hill's 1979 Gonzo Insano cult classic the Warriors, um, which was based on a novel from 1965 um, that was an adaptation, very loose, very quite obviously, in a whole bunch of different ways that I could talk about for the next hour of uh, Xenophon's, um, and it, I'm pronouncing it, Anabas, Anabasis, thank you. Um, obviously, like, um, <laughs> obviously they aren't Greek, they're gangsters, but the, the basic premise is that you have a gang called the Warriors um, in New York in the 1970s. They get called to a big meeting in the middle of New York City where all the gangs are going to get together under the leadership of, uh, of the, the president of the biggest gang in New York, this cat named Cyrus who wants all of the gangs to join together 100,000 strongs, take all the boroughs and rule the place. But then a shot rings out and Cyrus goes down. The warriors are blamed and they are forced to make their way across the city um, from their meeting place back to their home turf in Coney Island, surrounded by enemies in the most insane goddamn costumes. <laughs> The most unbelievable costumes you've ever seen. They're bopping back to Coney. They are bopping <laughs> back to Coney. Um, and look, this movie is so New York. The entire beginning of the movie is somebody trying to read the goddamn map of the subway. Like, it's literally a montage of th these gangbangers talking about what's going to happen in this meeting while somebody is showing you a map of the subway. Your ability to read the subway map is a major plot point in this film. <laughs> Look, it's totally fucking crazy, but it's also Walter Hill, right? Walter well, Hill is redundant. Just, yeah, he's he's an insane genius. Look, his script for Alien is a classic. It's both a obviously Alien is a great film, but but the screenplay itself is just a classic of the form. Right. He gave us the unbelievably also gonzo kind of the musical version of it, of, of the Warriors Streets of Fire with the luminous Diane, Diane Lane. Lane. <laughs> right. Tonight um, is what it means to be young. That's God damn right. It is. Uh, <laughs> no, it's look, it, it's it's nuts. Um, it's it's almost, uh, and, you know, I think uh, Steve described Taxi Driver as a dream. Right. And the Warriors is a little bit like a dream, too. Like when you see these guys like running through Central Park being pursued by another gang dressed up in baseball uniforms, the baseball furies, and they're wearing like these weird ass masks and they're swinging these bats. You're like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> um, it's a really interesting cast of character actors. You've got James Remar, 
Um, you've got a Mercedes rule. You've got oh, um, Deborah von, von Valkenberg. Yes. Formerly love interest to Captain Kirk himself. In free enterprise. Uh, free enterprise. That's, that's why we cast her because she was in the Warriors. <laughs> Goddamn right you did. <laughs> Look, man, you're not going to walk away from this movie thinking like, oh, this is the greatest movie ever made. But you will remember this movie because what's what's brilliant about it is that I think Walter Hill just committed to the idea that this was kind of like this dark, weird, gritty sort of fairy tale. Um, take on all this that was set in New York. And by giving the gangs all these really strange visual distinctions, he made it memorable. Um, and the action is clean. You know, it's like, it's the, it's, it's a, a lean, mean, like, you know, 90 minutes long. It doesn't outstay. It's, it's welcome. It's, it's fun. It's incredibly watchable. Uh, and it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Frankly, I wouldn't mind seeing like the Muppets Warriors either. Look, well, I was going to say, go ahead. It came down to between De Deborah von Valkenberg and Miss Piggy uh, for the role of Marlena. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Darren, go ahead. The, the, the thing that strikes me uh, about the Warriors is that um, uh, let's not even talk about the Muppet version because it wouldn't be all that much different. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing is, um, <laughs> the that. thing is that uh, the warrior seems like it takes place in the Emerald City, not New York. Uh, all the all the gangs are so uh, stylized and mm -hmm. wacky that it it bears no resemblance to reality at all. So right. it wasn't like Darren was rolling film. with the baseball furies at all. <laughs> you don't know where I've been. You don't know me. You know? Can I? Can I just say? Can I? Can I just say something? Because. Um, it was very controversial when it came out. Um, and New York was really upset because they thought it was occurring, encouraging gang violence. And I was not allowed to see it. Um, and uh, I just realized something for the first time, which is a wild. Remember how I told you guys know the story, how when I went to go see Star Trek, the motion picture, uh, they wouldn't let us in, even though it was rated G, right. because they said they had some problems at the theater. Um no. And 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 yeah, they we got let, some punks out back trying to form a federation. Well, they, would, <laughs> they, would, they wouldn't let anyone unaccompanied by an adult into the theater after four o'clock. And I think that might have been because of the warrior. Could very well be. Yeah, that's that, but, really interesting and probably yeah. true. It's the same year. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm thinking <laughs> it was the warriors. The war the warriors was why they were having issues at the theater and restricting you know teenagers from coming because there was definitely people who were like you know it was the original cosplay like people were dressing up as the baseball furies and people were going on trains and I mean it was in New York it was a hugely controversial thing and some theaters wouldn't book it you know but you're right you look at it now and it, it should be like virtually G rated because it is it's like the Wizard of Oz yeah. Because the only and, thing and, the only thing in, it encourages is uh, stylists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although you know, again, there's there's something really interesting if you take the Warriors and something like which we haven't talked about. Yeah, who knows? But we have talked about it in this show, so I'm going to bring it up. And Mark, just yell if for some reason this was going to be your pick, and I don't think it was going to be. <laughs> um, if you look at it in something like Escape from New York. Right. I, I think that there's a, a very, there's a common impulse kind of behind both of those movies. This belief that New York at that time 
um, had fallen and had become almost this, you know, post-apocalyptic, strange um, wasteland that had been completely overrun uh, by by crime, you know, by filth. That it, it, it was a loss. That it and was something that, that could be written off by weirdos, right? Um, and I can definitely see the line between those two movies and and the way that um, that that people at that time, or the way that that New York kind of was. I mean, not obviously not like in the the sort of the the details of it, but in the feeling about it, because you know New York in that movie does feel like this incredibly dangerous, lost place. That's how it's presented, and that's why that. Those the, the decision to heighten it. I think he's not he's not trying to make pa- Taxi Driver. Right. He's he's trying to tell a fairy tale that's set that's about kind of a very specific thing, and it weirdly makes it timeless, other than the hair. And I gotta say, the Warriors for my money, I, I would consider it one of the greatest B movies of the seventies, and that's yeah. not mm-hmm. an insult by any means. It's a perfect B movie. It's got, yep. as you said, it's it's lean and mean. It's got a great high concept story. Uh, it's it's got a clear through line. It's got these fantastical characters, and it's just it's just fun. But it's also got that undercurrent of of danger and weirdness and fear, and 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 it had a great, great you know the great cover art. I remember seeing it on the the you know on the in the video rental store. Like oh wow, I I got to see it. You just had to see this. You wanted to see it. It's a great title. I mean, it was it was it was it's a blast. Full great use text. of music too. Like mm-hmm. not just you know the the score. Barry Giver's on. Yeah, yeah, but it, and also yeah. using the songs. Like you know, there's a song that's gonna go out to the Warriors, right? Like the DJ just kind of playing the songs for them, and then it's nowhere to run, and it's both yeah. like diegetic and non-diegetic, and it's, mm-hmm. it's just really interesting. Yeah, it, it's great, and it's funny because what you said is very interesting, Steve. Because you know, I think about movies like The Omega Man, which are set in Los Angeles, and there's something inherently not scary about Los Angeles and the way New York is. And I think New York is it's like an old Western. It has these canyons, you know, and these yeah. buildings. And it's, it's dark. It's contained. It's yeah. contained. It's vertical. There's underground elements to it. There's those looming canyons. Yeah. yeah. It, it couldn't expand, so it had to grow up. Yeah, up right. and down. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Omega Man, you always felt like, you know, you get away, you get to the just beach, you know. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. He just needs yeah. to get on the 101 and yeah. just. <laughs> With no traffic. Who, you know, no like, traffic. Bring yeah. on the Omega Man. It'd I won't great. even go downtown LA now. Yeah. You know, and there's no zombies there as far as I know. <laughs> uh, Ashley, by the way, you, you mentioned, I just want to say I'm zero for three because my pick for Ashley was Escape from New York. Ah, I, I think oh, he didn't mention it in my pick, but I already yeah, picked the, it. I think he had picked it before. Oh. I, I actually, wow. I, yeah, I, for uh, like uh, Hail to the Chief Week, I think. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, that's what I get for missing staff meetings. Uh, um, <laughs> wow, I can't believe I, yeah, that's a good pick, that? though. Uh, you know, a lot of the great films uh, about New York, uh, when I was making my list, we've already picked probably, yep. 15 or 20 of them on the Not show. all of them. <laughs> Although like, we did pick take a Pelham 1, 2, 3. We picked The French Connection. Yep. You know, so it's, it, which obviously is a definitive. Obvi- we picked The Apartment. I think we picked Ghostbusters. Yep. yep. Um, you know, so it's, it's worth net, mentioning. Net, some network. We picked Network. Yep, King that's Kong. right. Yep. Three oh, days not the of the Condor. King Kong. It's yep, uh, that's right. Do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, so we picked a lot of great New York movies. But fortunately, there's such a uh, um, embarrassment of riches. And, you know, that brings us, I think, 
to Thursday. Thursday. And then fortunately, Woody Allen's made like 50 movies, and I think Mark's only picked about 12 of them. So, <laughs> well, look, <laughs> now it's New York week, <laughs> and there, you know, is one director who is intrinsically linked to New York. New York is in their blood. And this particular film, it's not only this brilliant director, but the DP who gave this movie such a rich canvas. And I, 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 I adore this movie. I, I love this movie. It captures the New York experience for me perfectly. And of course, I'm talking about Martin Scorsese's After Hours. Why don't you just go home? I've been asking myself that one all night long. So what happened? Why can't you? I met this girl tonight, okay, in a coffee shop. I feel like something incredible is really going to happen here. <laughs> so when I got home, I gave her a call. On the cab on the way down here, all my money flew out the window. I didn't really get along with her that well. What's the matter? I said, I want to see a plaster of Paris bagel and cream cheese paperweight. Now cough it up. So I left. Gigi! So I haven't got enough money to get home until I meet this bartender who wanted to lend me the money. That's all right. That's all right. Forget it. Forget it. That's all right. Good boy. So I go back to the girl's apartment, but her roommate's really pissed off at me for the way I treated her friend. This the guy? Hi. So I march right in there to apologize. Come on. But she'd already killed herself. I was too late. Oh, wow. Lighten up. What is this? I'm in big trouble. I mean, big trouble. Now this part, you're going to say, oh, you're lying to me. Don't lie to me. But it's true. Mohawk this guy. I couldn't believe that. It's him. Tell him. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. I got to tell who you didn't do what. Help! 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 Call the police. What's with you? Are you nuts or something? <laughs> Luckily, oh. there was this girl who saw the whole thing. You're dead, pal. I'm what? So now she's the one in the Mr. Softy ice cream truck who's trying to kill me. They're all trying to kill me. I mean, I just wanted to leave. You know, my apartment, maybe meet a nice girl. And now I've got to die for it, you know? What do you want from me? What have I done? I'm just a word processor, damn it. Is that all they After hours, when anything can happen, and usually does. Is that unbelievable or what? That's all they A little twist you get a little twist well you know look there's only I, one movie know, that could be friday because <laughs> I, I, I was expecting you to pick uh I, I was expecting uh after hours to be our friday pick honestly well it's, it's i have an great, idea it, i have an idea for friday okay so do i <laughs> miracle on 34th street i know nope. um because <laughs> it happens on 34th street but sure. uh but but after hours you know you know this was after Scorsese had done his big New York picture, New York, New York. Right. And it was a huge bomb. And yeah, you know, it was bomb, he was, bomb. And uh -huh. he was, you know, he was really struggling with his, his addiction, as he's talked about yep. at the time. And this did not help that this movie was a disaster. And to basically show that he was still a bankable director um, who was worth investing, could still, still had it, still had the taxi driver in him um, and Raging Bull, he, he did a little movie. For, for virtually no money. It was like a million, a million, two million dollars called After Hours. And what's remarkable is it takes place in one night. A lot of people, it's right about the same time John Landis does Into the Night. 
Well, yeah. Into the Night is a fun little diversion, and it's a bit of a mess, but it's fun. After Hours is a genuinely great movie with Griffin Dunn, uh, who has the worst night of his life. And it really captures the Greenwich Village and, and Soho and da- downtown New York with Linda Frantino is great, Rosanna Arquette, um, uh, uh, just, just so many great John Hurd, so so many great um, supporting performances in the movie, and it just it's it, the night you could sense how exhausted you know as the night goes on how exhausted and how tired uh, Griffin Dunn is, but at the same time the fact he's willing to do anything to try and uh, this girl who expressed a little bit of interest in him he'll do whatever it takes to to hook up that night and. Uh, it's a huge mistake on his part, uh, and he gets a little too uh, in- inquisitive. Um, but it, it is such a wonderful, wacky, beautifully shot by Michael Bauhaus um, uh, movie, uh, and I just—I've always adored it. I saw it, um, you know, when it came out in theaters. I've watched it many times on home video, um, and it's a great New York, New York movie, you know, and it really captures the feeling of the city and life uh, downtown and um you know just the, the day where like everything goes wrong for you and of course it has almost a twilight zone like ending which i also adore yeah it's interesting because at the at the same time you, you did mention into the night which is the west coast version of it but yep. there's also something wild which is also mm. very similar uh to this film but uh, yeah you're absolutely right it's uh it this couldn't take place anywhere else other than New York, um, it's uh, it it sort of captures that, like we were talking before, that weird, scary feeling that the city has without anyone else in it. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing <laughs> the way that directors get pigeonholed because even now people say, "Oh, he's the gangster guy from Mean Streets and Goodfellas and Casino and 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 The Departed," but like he did King of Comedy, yeah. he did After Hours, he did Condoon. You know, it's like this is I not- like it. <laughs> you know this is not you know he, he he's much more than just the gangster guy the so gangster guy. <laughs> and, and i think that's one of the things that's you know just wonderful about after hours because you know it's a very funny black comedy yeah um you know um but uh, you know it's funny because there are a couple other things i had in mind too uh one of them you know, if I wanted to go for the joke, was uh, beneath the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. That was my because pick for Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, and it still can be. That's the beauty of it. No, and no, it because we we, we, be we picked, no we we picked it for Monkey Business Week. Oh, yeah. So we, we've already picked it. So it was. Wait, wait a second. It, then Planet of the Apes for Friday. <laughs> no, we picked that too. Shit. By <laughs> the way, um, since we are in fact always looking for plot twists on this show, now I realize that uh, it was it was quite a shocker, kind of an act one turn into act two when, um, when uh, Steve revealed that he'd never seen The Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah. Guess what I haven't seen. You've never seen After Hours? Never seen After Hours. Oh, you'd love it. You'd love yeah. it. You should see it. Yeah, it's, it's totally, it it's quirky and weird, and I think you would dig it. Cool. Um, and, uh, you know, look, there are a couple of New York movies that we didn't talk about that also... Um, are, are, are definitive New York movies like on the waterfront sure. and especially the 76, <laughs> but the naked city in particular, which sort of was the basis for dragnet, but it's, 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 it's uh, sort of unique in the fact that it was one of the first 
movies that was filmed on location in New York. Right. And um, if you're interested in Naked City, there's a great Criterion Blu-ray of the film, which has a wonderful piece of supplemental material all about the locations, most of them that are gone, some of which are still there, where they filmed um, The Naked City. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. It's, you know, I think the first time I saw it was at the Cinematheque. Steve, did we see it together? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. And it's a good movie. It's not a great movie, but it's it's kind of um, an important movie in terms of movies um, shot in New York. Um, you know, it, it's more of a, a procedural than it is noir. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really like it. Darren, you mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago, Live and Let Die, but it's not really a New York movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really. Although, um, you know, but, uh, uh, but I'm sure Steve has a, a, a litany of, things he'd like to pitch for, um, you know. Well, I mean, aside from uh, the, the Woody Allen films, you've mentioned Mean Streets and Goodfellas. And, you know, I, I thought about AI, but I've already picked AI. Uh, uh, I think of something like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sure. <laughs> Not filmed in that's New a, York. But. That's an Ashley pick. Come on. <laughs> um, Sorry, Turtle Ashley. Week. No okay. offense. Yeah, for, yeah. Well, uh, well, and then Blade Runner for Turtle Week. Yeah. 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 Uh, Wall Street. Uh, all of our films, Wall Street. Uh, you know, Sweet Smell of Success, of course. Which I, we've picked before, yeah. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, Serpico. Home Alone 2, Serpico. Lost in New York. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, Rosemary's Baby. Uh, I think we've picked a lot we of these. Saturday it. Night Fever. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting. So many movies jazz. we picked. Yeah. So many Breakfast movies we picked. Tiffany's. You know. Yeah. Uh, have I've been on the show before? There's something just about these movies shot or, or about about New York or filmed in New York that I mean I can't you know you're right I mean we probably a good 20 25 movies really great movies that have already been featured on the show. Well, yeah, it's such uh, a special location, right? It's like it, and just to use an example, let's talk about the Warriors for a second, right? Now, if you were to make the Warriors today and you were trying to make this movie very cheaply and kind of get it done, and basically kind of the way that Walter Hill made it, you would fucking take an Uber. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. You'd shoot it in Vancouver or Toronto, and it wouldn't look or feel the same, right? Yeah. It's like you wouldn't have that contrast of the kind of the grit and the grime and the reality of New York that it gives you. It automatically gives you production value. I don't know. Toronto's pretty this great. Weirdness. But <laughs> you, you wouldn't be able to tell that if it were like... I Canada. hate, I hate movies that double New York. Absolutely. I can always tell, and I hate when they go to Vancouver, and it, on TV it happens a lot, you know, yeah. where it's the establishment shot in New York, and then they're in Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver. And you can you just know, tell. You can of tell course. immediately, usually from the taxi cabs, but, and the signage, the street signage, but it's, you know, there's something about New York that's just, you know, um, you know completely unique. And uh, um, dropping the Chrysler building or the Empire State building in the background of a Toronto sky, right. <laughs> sky, skyline doesn't cut it. It's both yeah. threatening and a monument to man's capability. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, it's look, a I, strange I, contrast. I really love Abra Abraham Polanski's Force of Evil. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Robert Redford's quiz show is yeah. terrific. Although it's not really about New York as much as any, you know, same, even the more, more recently, Hitch. Is a delightful uh, comedy set in New York. My my wife absolutely adores, and I, I think it's super funny. Well, um, you mentioned the King of Comedy, which when you mentioned that, I thought, oh, maybe I should have picked that one for yeah. Monday, but because I adore that movie. It's more like Stalker Week. 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> or, or, you know, um, uh, idols, you know, idol, I, idols week or whatever, <laughs> or, you know, but I, I, yeah, week. I, look, I, I, you know, it's no secret that I feel very strongly what our pick should be for Friday. And Steve, you were, I believe, with me uh, back right after 9 11. I was a juror um, at the Sigis Film Festival. Um, and it was a very, it's hard because it's almost 20 years now to recall what it was like, especially as a New Yorker, but as an American or any, you know, uh, in the wake of 9-11. And I remember this is the first time we were really traveling and to travel abroad after that uh, experience, that awful, awful uh, terrorist incident in New York um, attack, not incident, but, um, and I was, was only sitting, about three or four weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it was you know, about early October. Even flying, everyone was very nervous. It was very nerve-wracking. I mean, I remember we were at the Hollywood Bowl. We saw a Goldsmith concert. And every time a plane flew over the bowl, everybody, like, looked up. I mean, it was really a, a, a very weird and, and, and disquieting time. So we were arriving in Spain. And the opening night of the festival, the, the curtain opens in this giant, beautiful theater. And what do they show? The first 10 minutes of Manhattan. Manhattan, starring Woody Allen. Well, okay, well, tell me why you get a divorce. Why? I got a divorce because my ex-wife left me for another woman. Okay? Really? Mm-hmm. God, that must have been really demoralizing. Well, I don't know. I thought I took it rather well under the circumstances. Oh, please. I tried to run them both over with a car. Diane Keaton. You're much different. You're much different. You're yeah? S- yes, you're someone I could, uh, I could imagine having children with. Really? Well, hit the lights. Go ahead. Turn them out again. Michael Murphy. You don't want to make a commitment, and I don't want to break up my marriage and then find out that, that we're no good together. The point is, what the hell am I doing in this relationship anyway? My phone never stops ringing. I go to bed with the entire faculty of MIT if I wanted to. It's just, I don't know, I'm wasting myself on a married man. Mariel Hemingway. I'm glitching you get out tonight, you know, because, uh... I really did want to see a lot. I like it when you get an uncontrollable urge. Yeah, I know. It's my best feature. Meryl Streep. I don't like this book. It's a humiliating experience. It's an honest account of our breakup. She says everybody that knows us is going to know everything. Look at you. You're so threatened. I'm not threatened because of the two of us, I was not the immoral, psychotic, promiscuous one. I hope I didn't leave out anything. Anne Byrne. Is this true? Did you make love with Jill and another woman? Did she put that in there? Did she want it? You know, I I didn't want to be a bad sport. I came here to strangle you. Nothing I wrote was untrue. What do you mean? That book makes me have to be like Lee Harvey Oswald. It's an honest account of our marriage. I think I'm still in love with Yale. You are or you think you are? I started seeing him again. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm surprised. Look, I love her. I've always loved her. So what, you like it now? You don't like it. You did like it. You, you, you know, it's still early. You can change your mind one more time before dinner. You are so self-righteous, you know? I mean, we're just people. We're just human beings, you know? You think you're God. I, I gotta model myself after someone. All it is is these gorgeous shots of New York, of the Trade Center, of the Chrysler Building, of Central Park and Woody Allen's amazing narration about um, Isaac's, uh, the, the protagonist talking about why he loves New York City. And I mean, it was so moving and so impactful um, and so special 
to be halfway around the world in Spain and, and basically having them pay homage to New York and, and to this shared sense of pain uh, that as much as I adore and love that movie, all out of proportion, um, this even took it to a whole new level for me. It resonates on such a level. And that, you know, I, I, and I, you know, the Gordon Willis cinematography is extraordinary. Um, it, it, you know, Woody Allen tells the story about he almost went for a joke where in Central Park when they're taking um, uh, the, the, him and Tracy are taking the, the, the horse and carriage riders. He almost had somebody yell like being mugged in the background, but he realized that that would break the illusion, the fantasy yeah. of New York being this magical place. And um, it's just such an extraordinary film. And uh, with all the controversies and everything, people forget just looking at the film, how extraordinary it is, how, you know, the story of, um, you know, of, of, of Woody Allen's character, Meryl Hemingway, uh, uh, particularly um, Michael Murphy in it. And of course, Diane Keaton, who is spectacular. Um, it, it, it's, it's an incredible movie, but it is a love letter to New York. And ironically, uh, Woody Allen hates this movie. He, he wasn't happy with the way it came out. He tried to buy it back from United Artists. And, you know, it is one of the great films of 1979 alongside Apocalypse Now and Star Trek The Motion Picture. And I say that with no irony. And The Warriors, exactly. You know, 1979 was a pretty great year. Well, and you mentioned, like, you know, I I started the show talking about the two types of depictions we get in New York City, the really gritty, violent one and the the fantastical, romanticized one. And, And Manhattan is one of the ultimate examples of this romanticized version of New York City. I mean, this movie only came out three years after Taxi Driver. It's kind of a polar opposite, but it's so beautifully photographed and and such a, you know, a a great story. And the romance is great because he's so shallow. And then he meets, you know, Diane Keaton and he, he, you know, just has no compunction about dumping Meryl Hemingway. And then at the end, you know, when he he desperate to get her back after he realizes he made this terrible mistake, she grows up and she's mature yeah. and she's like, you know, if you really love me, you'll have to wait. We'll see. And, yeah. you know, he, you know, and he said, you know, the character is so selfish. It's not a, it's not a, a, a you know, holding not an aspirational thing. He's pathetic. No. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, there's so many great scenes, like when he's recording, you know, the things that he loves, you know, all these things like mm. the, the, the egg, what is it? The egg drop soup at Sam Woe's and all this other stuff. And then, you know, Tracy's face. And it's just, um, and, and, you know, Mariel Hemingway is fantastic in it. I mean, she's so good. luminous. Uh, luminous. She is luminous. She is luminous. She's positively luminous in that movie. Um, and it's a really great performance. And, uh, you know, and, and Diane Keaton is just spectacular. Um, and, it, it, and it's also so funny. And I think one of my absolutely favorite scenes uh gordon willis ever shot to see the hayden planetarium where they're walking on the uh lunar you know and, and, and woody allen says thank you and i suddenly have the urge to you know conduct interstellar perversions with you and uh and then um they get caught in the rain outside the you know, hayden planetarium it's just beautifully shot i mean it's 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 and, and of know, course I, the use of the the gershwin music sure mm-hmm. rhapsody in blue that almost has much impact as um uh, Star Wars. I remember I, I had to have Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue because for, that movie was a, so impactful on me. For a second, Mark, I thought you said the Hayden Panitarium. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Hayden Panitarium. Yeah, the Hayden Panitarium. 
I hate planetarium. <laughs> That's funny. When course... I was in when I was in a high school English class, our teacher put on Rhapsody in Blue and asked us to listen to it and write down what it made us think of. And I had not seen Manhattan or anything. Mm -hmm. I I had not heard this before, but everything I was writing down ended up being New York City. It's well, like right. you know, it was written for New York City. Yeah, so it, and it, somehow, yeah. As, as someone who had never been to New York City yeah. at that point, somehow it conjured those images of New yeah. York City. It's magical. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a great piece of music. And it's so well used. Um, I, there's not a lot I love about Fantasia 2000. Uh, and it was, it was completely unnecessary, but I love the, the Gershwin segment uh, in New York, um, which I thought was a really nice segment in Fantasia 2000. So, what are we going to have for Friday? So, Friday. Hero at Large with John Ritter, <laughs> because they're going to build the whole you know, superhero shared universe around that. Uh, um, soon it's going to be the uh, the Ritterverse, and it's going to be an MCU. And how about, you know, how about Elf? <laughs> I think Elf, didn't we pick Elf for uh, for Christmas week? I think we did for uh, beginning to feel a lot like Christmas I could have week. sworn you've picked uh, Manhattan before. No, I never did. I've avoided it. <laughs> I've, avo I've, avo I've, I've danced around it, but I've never picked it. You've avoided so, Manhattan. Manhattan no, has I, not I, been picked. Cheated Manhattan. No, but you Manhattan never really faced Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> no, because New York week is the perfect week for Manhattan. We can't not have, I think we can't not have. No, you can't have. You can't have Manhattan. You can't not have Manhattan. You can't not have a Woody Allen movie. We got two Scorsese movies. We got a brilliant Walter Hill movie. And then we got a Muppet movie. So you need a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> so let's you say you do like a New York Stories and you've got uh, you you got a couple on. of those boxes at once. Yeah, but New York Stories is not very good. No, it's not. You know, and then the other New York anthology is Brett Ratner, which is even worse. You know, the one he did. Don't say that name three times. Because <laughs> <laughs> <he'll appear. laughs> But... Um, yeah, I look, I, I, Ashley, you probably haven't seen Manhattan, is my guess. I haven't. And in fact, I actually, because when we were getting ready for this, I had this wild ass thought that, uh, that I would watch it just to pick it on Wednesday. <laughs> to screw me over. Stun you. But, I, but that was a thing. Like, I figured, you know what? Mark <laughs> loves this damn movie, I am sure, so damn much um, that uh, I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to waste it on me. <laughs> it, 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 it's funny. It is one of my top ten fair movies of all time. You know, it, it definitely is my top ten. Uh, but like I said, it's very special for the reasons that I talked about when Steve and I went to Sigis and um, they played that. You know, that was really quite moving and remarkable for us. Well, it's immediately going on my watch list. You should uh, absolutely watch it. I I think you'll like it. It's very smart. It's very funny, and it's beautifully shot. There's a, there's a good uh, yeah. There's a good Blu-ray. Uh, Twi Twilight Time was it Twilight Time? No, actually, it was put out by uh, MGM. Oh, okay. when there was an MGM before Amazon buys them. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was it was you know it was put out on. Um, oh, you know it's funny. We had lunch the other day. I almost brought it for you. So funny. I I I I actually actually put it put it aside and then I forgot to bring it to lunch. <laughs> the DVD, the Blu-ray of uh, Manhattan. Next time. Um, well, so, he, unfortunately, if you had done that, it would be the pick for Friday. But since you didn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I, do, do I hear anything? Are there other alternatives? Do I hear I think, a I mean, negative vote? I, I think Manhattan is. I, I, I think, I think, think we is. talked about Once Upon a Time in America. Which is a West, great West Side New York Story, film. 25th Hour. Gangs oh. of New York. 
Gangs of New York. Uh, not another Scorsese movie. All that jazz. <laughs> um, yeah, I really thought that... Tootsie, um, Tootsie. Yeah, All I thought Tootsie was going to go for Tootsie. I thought we would end up with Muppets Take Manhattan as Friday. Guys yeah. and Dolls. Tootsie would not be a bad Friday, but... I just uh, bought the New Criterion York, Tootsie. I on the town. Yeah, I have yeah, I mean, a lot of New York musicals, um, and like you said, West Side Story, the Spielberg uh-huh. version. Yeah. <laughs> um, 42nd Street, yeah. No, I, I, I think uh, it's got to be Manhattan. I mean, yeah, I think it's got to be Manhattan, too. I'm fine with okay, that. Okay, Manhattan it is. Enthusiasms. Enthusiasms. <laughs> Enthusiasm. Well, look, I, again, you know, so many great New York picks that we've picked in previous weeks, and yet we were still able to do a sensational... Madcap Manhattan Week with um, with zero Steve for Felsen. three for Altman. <laughs> I know. Don't remind me, Steve Melching. Tell us what you want on Monday. Monday is uh, you talking to me? It's Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. On Tuesday, Darren Doctorman. It's 1984's The Muppets Take Manhattan. And on Wednesday, it's Ashley Edward Miller. Can you dig it? It's 1979's The Warriors from Walter Hill. Come out and play. <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday, it's Martin Scorsese's After Hours. And on Friday, it's genius auteurs, Woody Allen's masterpiece, Manhattan. Did you say what genius or turds? I said genius auteur. Oh, my auteur. bad. I thought he said hors d'oeuvres. Genius hors d'oeuvres. Well, definitely said hors d'oeuvres. Pete Pottwistle's genius hors d'oeuvres. I have hors d'oeuvres on my mind. I don't think I've ever had a meal with Mark Altman without hors d'oeuvres or appetizers. Yeah, but you know, I'm getting on in years. I got to be more... I got to be a little better about that stuff. But I look forward to resuming... Our meals. It's been a very long time since we've uh, been able to gather, thanks to this goddamn pandemic. Well, you know, uh, one of us is is making uprooting themselves and making a change in their life. So perhaps we should do a dinner amongst the four families before they ankle. Yes, I agree. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, good. Yeah, sure. good. Good. Yeah, good. Team. Um, Team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 can I can I make a request? Yeah. Unless you want me dead. Uh no buka this time. I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> Buka it is. We're going to Buka to Beppo, boys. <laughs> let's, let, let's do Musos. Okay. Oh, for that. oh yeah. You know, do let's that. do it right. Let's do it right. You know? I'm down. Yeah. Okay. Wars. We, 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 we don't have wars. To. <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to we have to uh, lead up to that with LA Week on the 430. Yeah. Oh my god, that's great. Should we do that next week? Yeah. Sure. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's do LA Week. That was this was not planned, but it's a great <laughs> like, equal opportunity yeah. for uh Los Angeles. We got to balance out the country. Chicago's right. coming. Come. And then maybe flyover week. <laughs> you know, wow. that's 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 such a thing I would say. I was going to say Chicago because uh-huh. you know maybe it's the Sausage King of Chicago week. But um, I'll tell you what, I like Flyover Week better. So let, let's. Uh, 
But I think wow. let's do let's do Los Angeles week next week. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great one. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how those films contrast with uh, New York week. Yeah. Be fun is it more comedies? It's, I already know my pick. This is going to be fun. Me too, but I got to make sure I didn't pick it before. Yeah, yeah. Probably well, that's, a, that's great. It's not a sequel. Okay, well, let's let's plan our dinner, but not on the podcast because right. uh, I don't want any. <laughs> right. We don't want any like guests. reviewers showing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why did but, Mark yeah. Altman have to bring politics into the lasagna? <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong podcast. I don't talk about oh, yeah, this on sorry. the point um, Only on Inglorious Trek Sports because Star Trek is inherently political. Four thirty movie, not so much. Okay, there you go. So um, anyway, Except this Friday. has been the four thirty movie with uh, some great people you might know: Steve Melching, Ashley Miller, uh, Darren Doctor, myself, Mark Altman. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, we hope you'll rate us five stars on whatever podcast platform you use. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at the 430 Movie, as well as Twitter and Facebook. And uh, we want to say a special thanks to our sound editor, Bill Ritter, and the great Mark Rivera, who has been joining him and making us sound good, even through Zoom. So thank you for that. And uh, special thanks to our associate producers, Zach Raggetts and Peter Holmstrom, as well as our producer, Natalie Miscali, and our video producer, Dylan Middlebrook. And... Uh, what else? Oh, listen, you can watch us on the Electric Now app. So download the app at your favorite app store. And um, I understand the Electric Now is now streaming on IMDb TV. So I if you don't want to download the app, just turn on IMDb TV. I think we're on it virtually every night. So um, you, you might enjoy watching us uh, there. Very easy, very easy to watch. And Apple just came out with a new Apple TV, but 4K box. It's supposed to be pretty great. You, you don't can watch us in 4K. Easy, <laughs> Easy as K. That's a couple more K than I think we need. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're not kidding. <laughs> we no, record we these KFP. late at night. <laughs> K. Rindell. What? But I'm bummed. What's going on? Uh, okay. So um, uh, check that out. And, of course, uh, we'll be back next Friday with an all-new episode of the 430 movie. But until then, on behalf of Steve, Ashley, Darren, and myself... Eyewitness News starts now. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to part of it New York, New York These vagabond shoes are longing to stray right through the very heart of it New York, New York I want to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep And find I'm king of the hill Top of the heap These little town blues Are melting away I'll make a brand new start of it In old New York 
I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York, New York, New York, New York. I want to wake up in a city that never sleeps. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.